Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello everybody and welcome to the Dribble Podcast for another NBL season. It's been a bit of a delayed start to our third season on the airwaves, but we hope you've missed us as we come back bigger and better than ever and get ready to bring in a host of Wildcat stars from across the summer. My name's Chris Robinson, but the man alongside me is the one you'll want to hear from, the heart and soul of the podcast, who we're hoping to have on as much as possible, hopefully every week, as he juggles a very busy retirement life. He is, of course, the four-time NBL champ, previous year young West Australian of the year and now three-on-three basketball specialist, Mr. Greg Hi, Greg, great to have you back. How are you? Hi, I've been, uh, I had a, a massive void in my life. Um, <laughs> not much has changed. My facial hair hasn't grown. The only thing is you're out of a brace the last time we saw each other. Yes, we the, knee is, the knee is improving. Talking about me crying as I sailed off into the sunset and now reality has sunk in where I'm working a nine-to-five job. Um, <laughs> and obviously the city of Vincent, this is off duty where uh, I'm already at home and I'm not on work structure yes, hours. Yes, <laughs> good, let's make that clear from the outset. But um, no, it's good to be back. Um, obviously, the NBL is, is into the season, and it wasn't because we uh, were looking for sponsors or anything like nope. that. It was just more so you got married. That's correct. Uh, so congratulations. Thank you very much. And um, and now you're back in Perth, and now we can be on a consistent basis. So looking yes. forward to, to, to getting the show back and up and rolling. Yeah, so we took a, well, we both took a bit of a well-earned break. You've exactly. had a break from, well, five-on-five five basketball yes. anyway. I went to the US, which was nice for a bit of a holiday and checking Favorite around spot? and seeing some NBA arenas. You know what? San Antonio was fantastic. Did you? And I don't just say that because we went to the Spurs season opener, and I'm a massive Spurs fan. The city of San Antonio is genuinely beautiful. Did you like leverage the media credentials because I've seen a lot of people currently in America that maybe are studying journalism or mm-hmm. or maybe a producer on a, a radio show that's you know okay. like yeah yeah I, I, I dispute their credentials yes. but I am seeing yes. them like it just right pop up at th- games. No, yeah, right in the thick of things, and I see a lanyard with a media pass, and so I'm like, well done. Yeah. So did you take advantage I, of that? Do you know what? I thought about it. I yeah. thought about going to guy, see Paddy yeah. Mills in San Antonio yeah. and potentially doing a feature on him or yeah, something, okay. which I think I could have done. I decided to that I needed a month where I just wasn't even thinking yeah, about just work enjoyed it, for yeah. a second. Good on you. Not even I need to get out there at this time or have a look at how his preseason's gone yeah. or whatever. I was just like, nope, I'm completely detaching myself from work for yeah. a month, which is really, really nice. That's because you're now wife. And plus, you <laughs> and plus we were on a honeymoon and yeah. we went to what three NBA games. Oh, ironically, we're watching an NBA game Did on a baseball stadium <laughs> tour. So awesome. I didn't want to stretch the, uh, stretch oh, the good early timing, days of though. marriage. So. Like if you sometimes you go to America, it's off season, no sport, and it was by like, design. Yeah, it was by design. Yeah, perfect. We wanted October. So, You're a smart um, man. Yeah, yeah. Figured it out, mate. But it was well, very, no. very enjoyable. Tell yeah. me about your off. Well, off season is your entire life now. Yeah. Well, how I mean, are you adjusting to life away from the NBL grind? Adjusting well. Um, obviously, you have yeah started a, a role with the city of Vincent, which I'm uh, relishing. Obviously, the I think um, working that job or that stint, uh, the the real world, which the basketball world is still real, but yeah. yeah I guess your nine to five has been different, but it's yep. been uh, good to even. I remember having my first Friday drinks, um, okay. like which was a bit like, oh, I can actually yeah. do this yeah. um, in, instead of we're tipping off in yeah, one exactly hour's time, right, so which was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, and then um, and then other things like scheduling a, a meeting at four thirty, and so like on a Friday, so like my 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 colleagues are like, 
you are definitely a novice at this. Like, you know, you don't structure meetings until after midday. That's like no go zone. Okay. And I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to do my job on a Friday, but okay. So, so, no, you're, no. so you're that guy. In yeah, the office. exactly right. So, nah, it's been good. Um, and obviously, that's been, uh, yeah, just like the whole routine, getting up early. Um, and getting fortunate for uh, for me, like City of Vincent, have been very accommodating in terms of like I mean, why I retired was to spend time with family and the flexibility of work hours and and my own endeavours with a stitch in time or going away or mm-hmm. you know especially with three and three was in the off season so you know I get in early at seven do my lift at five thirty and then I can get home to be with the kids so that's been good and then obviously uh, stitching times for full on we've got a gala dinner in, in less than two weeks Excellent. so with that. How many is this for you guys? This will be our fourth fourth year, and it's crazy. So we've moved to Crowns, which uh, we've enjoyed tremendous support in that regard in terms of ticket sales, corporate, and obviously the expectations obviously uh, lift in that regard. But um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the support has been tremendous. And for me now, retiring, a lot of my focus and priority is is shifting to that, not just the dinner, the the organization itself. We've we've really enjoyed momentous sort of growth in terms of the organization, the amount of workshops we've delivered to schools, organizations is, yeah, has really surpassed my expectations. And with that, I guess we, it was funny, like three, four weeks ago, we, we met as a board to discuss, I guess, the, um, we had to overhaul our whole direction, like our vision. You know, when we had it 2017, 2020, I think it was maybe the expectation I was still going to be playing. And um, yeah, that's completely shifted to now. We obviously, what the reason why we, we created an organization and the focus hasn't shifted whilst we're still doing it. We're now encompassing so many different things and more so because mental health is is uh, connecting with so many more people and can be done in so many different ways. So it, we're enjoying that. That's obviously really good for us. Um, and some exciting projects that will go along with it and we'll yeah we'll announce that on I guess in the show in a few weeks too some more fundraising endeavors or maybe not so right for endeavors but projects that will really I think um, create an impact in that That's space great. and so it's been fun and then obviously throwing through on the sides unfortunately yeah didn't get the news that we wanted in terms of making that Olympic qualifying tournament it's yep. just it's such a bizarre um, qualification method like FIBA and the rules of three on three and only eight teams playing the Olympics um, you know it, it they they want the the game to be global, so for them they wanted a minimum of thirty countries to be represented in the qualifying tournaments. Um, so with that, if you're not in the top six, um, both men, men or female, only one gender would make it. And so the Australian women were ahead of us, and so we unfortunately miss out. Um, for me, I think it's so bizarre that. Yeah, in, in essence, the best countries miss out um, yeah, to, sh- to qualify. You, sh- you shouldn't be punished because yeah, your and even opposite gender yeah, is strong, right? For that, and even it, for me, there's two things that are crazy. One, you look at any FIBA qualification method; it's you know, your Asian Cup champions are represented at the next level. You know, like Australia, if they win the Asia Cup or anything. And mm. so for us, we've we've done that, and the. So the best team in Asia don't don't even get represented, or the best team in Oceania, like New Zealand, will represent the males. Um, they don't even qualify. They don't even progress through to the knockout stages in the Asia Cup. So for me, yeah, you, you you're missing out the best talent. And then the other side is, which, and unfortunately, that's just the way three and three years is that any person on the street can actually impact whether you got whether you were able to qualify for this qualifying tournament. I mean, and I'm talking ranking points and. Yep. If we had, um, 
your direct staff that you're working with and you had 36 people and you created a weekly tournament for 20 weeks, uh, you in essence could have actually helped Australia um, qualify for this tournament, the men's program. And you had to have no experience, you just needed a venue and you needed referees. And so to see that and obviously population size, you're seeing teams like Indonesia and all that qualify for tournaments. Um, you know, we, we I played in Manila and we played an Indonesian team where ranking points, you know, these guys are 180,000 ranking points and we won 21 to 2. Um, and, they, and that's with two guys that had never played for an three before. So it just shows that. And, and I think after the Olympics, they will definitely refine that and try and change it. Yeah. Um, because there's significant growth. There's obviously more and more interest in with the Olympics, Olympics going around. And um, for me, um, if you're not having the, the best players available oh, not not best players available best countries playing yeah. in that you know you just want the best amount of talent to well, be able to showcase if America Surely. didn't win at the World Cup um, and weren't afforded a medal um, I could be wrong but the more likely chance that they wouldn't the women's team wouldn't actually participate in the qualifying tournament um which is just crazy like to think yeah the, the best two yeah, the best, and yeah. even France who won the gold medal at the World Cup and won it convincingly actually have to qualify through a qualifying tournament so pretty crazy yeah okay it's um yeah that <laughs> that was one of the more surprising stories over the off season oh, for mate. me just in terms of you becoming a three on three star I thought and I don't mean that with any yeah. disrespect I thought that you were just going to just put your feet up for a while and uh, yeah. enjoy a bit of family I, I, time I, and you just I ramped was, it up and, and then it just yeah I mean it was and I, I love it and like I think the, the guys I play alongside Tommy Wright and Andrew Stewart I guess the staples and then Timmy Conrad and Lucas Walker like it was such a good experience and obviously any time you can play for Australia it's unsurpassed that you want to do it but I think just because the obviously one it kept me in good nick and I and I loved it and um, like the experience like I got to play in Puerto Rico for Australian qualifying tournament and I was in, in Amsterdam playing in a World Cup for, for a week and then had the opportunity to go to Manila and um, play there and um, so yeah, there's those opportunities, and even that, like I want to, you know, obviously the Olympic dreams there, but I mean it's a Commonwealth Games sport in 2022, so you look at it and you're like, well, you know, if you're still uh, playing and still in that capacity, like why would you not want yeah, to do yeah, it, you yeah. know? And it's funny, like it's it's 10 minutes of your time, um, and you're only really playing seven minutes off the sub, so you're yeah. absolutely you're gassed. But um, yeah, no, I think I mean I, I still love the game, I still play at a semi-professional level as well, so. Um, yeah, it's just another angle for me to play and travel the world and just annoy Ainsley even more than <laughs> that, that I, seeing, I retired. Somehow seeing her even less than when you were with the Wildcats. Exactly. Mate, let's talk about Perth yeah. because uh, there's plenty to discuss. I've played nine games, yep. so we're about, what, five or six weeks into the season. Um, plenty of changes yeah. over the off-season. Uh, we know largely about the roster changes. The coaching changes probably went a little bit under the radar. Mm. Um, so for those who don't know, Matt Nielsen and also Adam Ford yep. um, departing and then Paul Wolpert came in and unfortunately had to leave in the opening week so there's been a lot of change Mm. around Trevor Gleeson as their head coach Um, so plenty of adjusting to do for Perth they're 6-3 and they've had three really good away wins so far they've been shown up a couple of times on the road which was uh, what happened on the weekend Mm. against a very good Sydney team what have you made of uh, your former team so far through the opening weeks of the season? Yeah I think nothing's really like it's I think it's an accurate um, 
they're about where they deserve yeah, to be. Yeah, that aren't what they? I what yep. I think. Like yep. I think obviously they lost to Cairns, and it's funny. Like everyone compares seasons, and I don't go, oh well, they lost to Cairns this year. Like it's a pass mark to lose to Cairns. I just think. Um, Again, that's just the way the league is, and they just got their colours lowered. I thought Cairns played the best game that they could have. Like they, um, they followed their game plan to yep. to the absolute T. And you know, like teams that come into the Perth Arena have a free hit, and so uh, like Jared was here for the whole week, and we were sort of they had a lot of confidence. And when you had a team like Walker started like really, really strong, you know, come the second half, like I knew straight away I was like, there's danger signs at this. Like that's the first, the only game I've attended so far. Like live, um, like I just saw Cairns in that second half, just growing in stature and confidence, and um, yeah. And what what I'm seeing in in the losses is they're not single digit losses, like they're compiled, like they're they're going into double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a uh, one. I want to be careful here. I'm not trying to disrespect the current coaching staff, but I think that's where. Um, the growth, the growth of the coaching staff will will only continue to get better. For me, Jacob Chance has obviously done a really, really admirable job filling in that void of obviously losing two very experienced yes, coaches. Yes. So he's obviously stepping and he's doing a very, very good job, and he will only grow. And ahead of his years at twenty twenty six. Yeah, and even experience yeah. wise, what you're saying that's where uh, Matt Nielsen, Adam Ford, mm. really, really good. That in games where yeah, there's stressful situations or decisions going to be made. That's where that experience, and they know Trev, right? Like they've they've been with him for two, three years, and that in those losses, that's where yeah, like Trev would be looking to a side and, and going, oh, you know, this is you know, who do I, what rotations do I go with, what play, and it's still a, it is a new group. Like as much as yeah, there's been only three changes, they're significant changes, and what I'm talking about is Angus Brandt was a significant. Uh, loss, and I'm talking about the structure that the the Walkers play in that flex offense. Yeah, you throw the ball down to Gus, and when crap hits the fan, and you go, I need a bucket, um, or I need to slow it down and, and get a good look. You just throw it into your post, and even and Tommy Jervis, to yeah. yeah. And um, whilst I think Dario is uh, has been yeah an adequate replacement, he's not what the style is like. Um, you, you don't throw the ball to him and say, hey, get me two points. Yeah, he's you know? not that sort of grinded exactly. out, and that's the game where down he's, the post exactly. and, and put moves on kind of guy. Exactly, and so I think that's where they still need to, to factor in and, and learn that, and I think you, you've got two different sort of guys, and, um, and that's where I think they'll only... Um, I guess the evolution of their style of play will change as much as, and you always hear it. I know I've heard it before when uh, we've brought in different guys. We're going to play quicker. We're playing faster, but the style has never changed. Like Trev's not saying, "Oh, we're throwing out flex offense." You know, like it's the same style. So then they need to start learning and getting better. Okay, well, when we are struggling, like we're not going to throw into Dario. What are we going to do? And all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, for me, it's no surprise that they're six and three. Obviously, the, the Cairns game was a blemish, but yeah, I look that look at it, and you know, it's a typical response. Like they lose, and then they go. So they lose to Brisbane, um, and you're like, "Yep, can understand that." Like Brisbane, a quality team. Yep. Like, um, and then they they get a pretty gut, uh, gutsy gutsy win yeah, in New Zealand. Yep. You know, like. Credit to them. Yeah, I understand New Zealand were down numbers, but travel fatigue, just play, backing it up. You're playing against a, a hostile team that's very emotional, play, mm. got a lot of emotional guys and, and can get it rolling. So, you know, I, I think if you looked at it and 
after playing well this will be their fifth game on the road in a, in a trot which has been generally different like we've always had like a pretty even schedule I think if they can go I think this is a critical weekend if they is the, is the split good enough this weekend yeah, I think they need to go 2-0 so Adelaide and yeah. Adelaide on Friday yeah, and then huge. New Zealand back yeah. here on Sunday because then I think that separates from the group and I think if you if you want to start saying yeah we're a legitimate team, yeah I think you need to beat Adelaide and go yep that's it go with an expectation we've got we're coming back home and we've got that nice little stretch again because um, you know looking at the schedule you know you're away for that period around Christy and New Year's but you've got the last six games at home if you can start setting yourselves up and I think if you will look eight and three and the circumstances new team brand new coaches um, all that you'd be like yeah definitely good. Um, and but if you split seven and four, you're like, yeah, mediocre, average, whatever. We've got some work to do. Mm. If you went zero and two, yeah, then it's, uh, you know, then you're really starting to question things. But I, yeah, I, I, I think if you're looking in house, you'd, you'd say it's a pass mark at the moment. Yeah, the uh, the general perception is that Sydney's the benchmark yeah. team now with the the star power and the depth that they've got. Yeah. Um, Another coaching point is they've got a, a really good yeah. coach. No disrespect to Andrew Gaze, who's one of my of all-time favourite humans, but you feel like Will Weaver is that guy who's going to bring in the strategy, be For able sure. to be good cop, bad cop at times, um, and looks like he's got them playing really good basketball. Yeah, and I, I said this at the start of the year. I I think, I mean, obviously, I always think the Walkers are going to be your favourites, but um, I think they are your total favourites, irrespective of the, when the results so far. And the reason why, like I... I want to put it out there. I think Will Weaver will be a Boomers coach in in the future. Yep. Not just because of the, this, what's going on. I just think like the climate and you've got a yeah. Like I think you're seeing him respond in that manner. Yes. Um. And they yeah. Like they have a very balanced roster. Um. They only go eight deep. Like in terms of who they use and and he's utilized those guys come off the bench know their role and that's what you need. But then yeah, he's playing to his strengths and I think the recruitment of Casper was huge. Like no denying. Uh, Jerome Randall was a talent. Yeah, but he's an he's a it's not a monster upgrade, but he's an upgrade on. But Randall. he's a game yep. winner, and like and he will take over. But he's as much as everyone tries to say he's like this great two way player. I don't think he's that great. Like he's a good two way player, but I look at it like last year two way player. He guards Bryce, and it took him out of his game, so he couldn't score, and that's what Melbourne needed him to do. Yeah, he can play defense for sure, but it takes out games. The luxury they have, obviously, Kevin Lish is not yes. there, but he is able to focus defensively. So at that moment, like if they play. Wildcats in the grand final, they can put Kev on Bryce yep. and yep. say, hey, we know. Kev's done that his whole life. He's always been renowned as that. And as he's slowing down, he'll have to focus more on defense. And hence why they, when he got injured, they recruited a defensive-minded point yeah. guard to be his replacement. Because they don't want Casper Ware to yeah. be logging that minutes. They want him to have the ball in the fourth quarter and yep. not be exhausted. And, and you're right, during that grand final series, yeah. last year, the second guy was Chris Golding, who's also not a great defender. Correct. So it had to and be so, so he had to. And even yep. Mitch McCarron was going... Had, that had his, his hands full with Tariko and yeah. so Casper was spent, like the first game fantastic real good fresh and then you just saw him like you just saw him fatigued and running around running around running mm-hmm. around and you don't want him you want him to say yeah I'll, I'll guard for 2-3 minutes you know and, and I'll do that um, and even that like Sean Bruce has done an unbelievable job yeah, so far that's that, been like, one of the great stories of the season yeah unreal and just to see him like go you know 7 or 8 assists so even like hey like he'll handle the point guard duties and you just gas buckets and and so and I think that helps come playoffs time when 
like the game completely changes. Like I'm talking physicality and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if Kaspar doesn't have to do it as much and is only required to score, yeah, really good things. Um, so yeah, and I, and I think oh, I think it can't be understood. Uh, Brad Newley really like shot, shooting the shot be- the hell out of it. Mate, he's shooting the best the weekend, he ever yeah. is, and so I think um, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a guy like Adam Ford. Forty is such a confidence builder and personal. Um, you know, he does individuals, and normally you can see that like confidence and all that sort of stuff. Um, so whether that continues on throughout the whole season because he has had where he shoots really well and if you start missing a few if you're not traditionally a shooter you start downing yourself I can be a testament to that so you know but like I think yeah that roster is built and uh, we'll we'll talk about it I guess the team so far and 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 all that sort of stuff but from a lineup perspective yeah they're quite tough and obviously from a coaching perspective I think Will Weaver definitely is adds another element to him yeah you also get the feeling or I get the feeling that Bogues isn't messing around not that he was messing around last yeah. season but he came into the league it was almost kind of a free hit yeah, yeah. it wasn't really his yeah. squad it wasn't his coach yeah, yeah. Um, and you still have to make an adjustment coming from For different sure. leagues For knowing sure. what cause you can get whereas this season I feel like Bogues is just like still doesn't know I'm not getting like any fans, younger wow. <laughs> yeah. actually yeah well, I want to touch on that on sports and like a little bit later on um, I wanted to ask you in the wake of the loss on Sunday yeah. the Wildcats loss to Sydney we saw Nick Pozzagli yeah. go in the, in the presser as yeah. the so for those who don't watch the presses, the coach goes up and then yeah. one player from each yeah. team goes up. Nick played, I think, about three minutes of yeah. that game and maybe two of them were junk time. What's the process there and yeah, what's the, the mentality like? Because the number of times that you guys, not that you'd lose a whole lot of games yeah. during your career, but a lot of the times where you guys lost on the road, mm. you'd see either yourself or Damo as yeah. the players in that press conference yeah. ready to own it. Yep. Did it surprise you that they went down that path where it was a guy who didn't have a massive contribution in the game? Would you rather have seen a captain or a, a player who played well in there or does it not matter? Yeah, look, I don't... like. Uh, was that something that you tried to own sometimes when you guys had a bad loss? Did you put your hand up? We actually have no... We have no saying it. it's Trev. Okay. So... Um, but in saying that, like, like, there's all different circumstances, and like, I mean, obviously at home, yeah, even that, like, you're obviously going to send your captain or someone that's played well, or someone more prominent, on the road, and I think it's just, it's just, they just got pumped. So mm-hmm. the last thing Trev wants to do is like, you know, he just wants to get out of there, and so there's a recovery process. He does that, and he's like, um last thing he wants to do is talk to media right and so uh, if he brings someone like that like Poz um, or a young guy generally if you look back like Reese got on a, a lot of times like on the road if it was like a big lot like a bigger loss then it, not many questions are going to be Short asked sharp. right because they're asking Poz one or two and they just do it out of respect there's been a few times I remember last year Reese and I would like see the presser and he wouldn't even get asked and Trev would say like does anyone want to ask Reese anything oh yeah. sweet and leave so I, I don't like it personally like I always just like not and that's not to Trev or anything like that I think um if Poz isn't like being in that system, he looks there as a young guy. He's like, what am I getting yeah, into? And, yeah, and that's so. where I kind of feel awkward because I'm kind of like, well, he, yeah, he's having to answer, answer questions about a game that he barely played in. <laughs> exactly. And then right. it's all for us because we feel like exactly. we have to and ask that's him a question. Like, yeah. and, and when he got asked, like they asked him something and, you know, if you've got like a young kid or 
I look at it and go like, if Wani gets there and he and he you know played thirty seconds, yeah, or whatever, yeah. and a guy that's his very first presser, he's like, what have I got myself into? So, yeah, but I mean, look, it's when your uh, emotions are a bit high and you do that. Trev just wants to get out, and I understand what Trev, Trev does, and uh, I don't think it's trying to protect anyone. Like I don't think he goes, and some of those games like. Um, it's literally, mate, like Trev would walk out, debrief, and uh, there's been sometimes I'll, like um, the guys might already be in the ice bath. Like Damo, like those guys, I mean, he would have been livid and so he would have just been doing his process or um, sometimes like he, you know, he's got family in New South Wales, so if they're already in the ice bath, um, Trev walks out, looks at the score sheet, looks up, the first guy he might see is Poz and he goes, come on, like, and that's it. You know, there's no warrant it. I think to, to clear it up and just to go... The whole process is like the NBL should just say, like just, and that my thing is I look at it and even more so, you want accessibility, right? And you don't want these questions asked. So like Lee, take that out of the coach's hands or the club's hands. Like, um, you know, like let the NBL like run it. So then they get that. Um, and to a certain point, like if you, then there's a thing, then you say, well, look, if a guy's got injury and they've got to be taken care of and all that sort of stuff. but yeah. um, And then you're going to get all this. But I think that's where you just go, free reign, like let those sort of guys go in there and um, or just leave it. But it's been, the press conferences have been bizarre this year. Like New Zealand have brought in like four people at times. <laughs> like, And it's like a 10-minute presser. New Zealand are doing things different. Oh, New Zealand mate. have a director of, yeah, of they, basketball they got strategy of or something they didn't want to make instead of a coach. Fire out. What? Yeah, well, because like, if they... They can't fire Braswell, so then they. Just, it's very strange. Yeah. So um, and then you see that like it happens like Adelaide uh, brought in Obi Kai, I think, like after their loss with Joey and same deal, like a okay. guy that only yeah played minimal minutes and all that sort of Ad- stuff. Adelaide have been the league leaders in doing this. The number of times <laughs> yeah. we saw Nelson Larkins oh, in a presser in Perth after <laughs> they lost, right? Yeah, and they were, but that was like always because I was like, <laughs> what? Is going, this is exciting. Like, <laughs> what could he say? Like. <laughs> So, yeah, Ad- Adelaide's always got something. The risk of provoking Adelaide ahead oh, of Friday night. Exactly. There's always exactly. something a little bit different in Adelaide. Um, talk me through the unsportsmanlike foul rule because I feel yeah. like it's been a big talking point through the first few weeks yeah. of the season. It seems like it's getting worse with regard to... So we're talking about the late game yeah. fouling situation. A team's down. You're in the yeah. final yeah. minute, yeah. possibly final half minute of a game. Yeah. You need to foul to stop the clock. And more and more we're seeing that these fouls... And it's important to know that this is a FIBA yes. um, adjudication That's... that the refs are sort of trying to interpret. More and more these fouls are being called unsportsmanlike and then that pretty yeah. much ends the game. Can we not find, I understand the FIBA rule, can we not find a bit more of a middle ground yeah, where I... you know someone's intentionally fouling, I completely agree. but it doesn't have to be an unsportsmanlike yeah, foul? Yeah, that's my thing. Because I think interpretation, right, is yeah, yes. completely different. And there's some, it's cleaned up the game, like especially like... Um, sped it up and, and there's a lot of circumstances say early in the game or if there's a traditional fast break yeah that, yeah and I love the rule for yeah, that if for it's a sure. clear path I understand like even is, at the end of great. the game you have to in that whole mate, it's happening in the SBO I've seen it too like four point game and a guy's like oh I need to foul and then he'll go and then like he fouls and it's actually not that bad of a foul but they know they weren't making a play at the ball and it's unsport and like yeah. really and so like from there the other side there needs to be a difference yeah. between the two you my, can't my, barrel through someone yeah my I, I just want to know what, like, how does that go? Like, obviously, FIBA are the governing body. Are they watching every single game? Are they watching Mike Whalen and they see him and they go, oh, correct interpretation of the call. You're now, like, deemed um, good enough to do that at a FIBA level. Or if Mike Whalen does that, does that take him 
out of the selection panel to to qualify to do mm. qualifiers or Asia Cup or all that sort of stuff. Like, because that's that's yeah, I would like to know like what is if you if you didn't adhere to that like if you wanted to implement the jump ball you know like is it, it's a fever got like what goes on that's that's what i'd yeah. love to know because you can't like yeah it's annoying and it's frustrating but what is the ramifications of yeah not adhering to a rule that yes. fever do because well, like the referee the are doing just add yeah, a little and that, exactly like or the, a clause yeah onto the rule even i think oh, it was on the commentary i think uh andrew gay is sort of talking about that like the oh, spirit, spirit of the, the game, game yeah and, yep. and I, I agree because like yeah if you're down like it's tough and um yeah there's been a few like even the other someone got on sports and like and i think someone tripped over um like uh, someone fell over and then they fell over them so it was a foul in the end and because the play hasn't in, it wasn't inbounded and had no aspect like that guy wasn't going to pass uh, it it was like yeah. an unsportsmanlike yeah. foul and I was like well that's yep. dumb that, that's, they're going to get the two two uh, shots now like um, so you can't even like play defensive pressure on, mm. on an inbound so yeah I don't know and that's where I think it needs it like I think it'd be good <laughs> like wh- how that happens is the NBL have that discussion with FIBA and FIBA even just come out with a statement saying no you can't implement a spirit of the game rule like this is not if you want to adhere to the FIBA rules like that's yep. it but like what yeah what ramifications like I mean the NBA have their own rules why why is it different obviously they're a different beast but is that you know like the referees are they not part of it you know all this sort of stuff because yeah I think for the betterment of the game they got to do but we got to have an understanding what's the ramifications behind it mm. do, do the referees does do you ever get into a situation where you guys actually let so at a dead ball situation yeah. where you know you're about to foul mm. because the clock's yeah, dire yeah, yeah. Is there ever a situation where you actually let the referees know, hey, I'm about to foul, just so you know, I'm going to foul this guy? But we used to, and then now you can't because you actually have to do it for the ball. So I remember like year, when I first started, they said, we're going to foul. And all you'd say, we're not going to foul because like yeah. it would be like a three or four point game. Because yeah. I remember one, and this is... Because you don't always want to foul, right? Sometimes mate, you see we, if you can trap Brad someone Robbins, for five seconds. Brad Robbins' very last game, that. we were down to Adelaide and we had scored and uh, I think it was a three point game and anyway, Jason Kadi took it over. We didn't foul and we ended up forcing a turnover or a five second count. And and we, and it was like maybe eight or ten seconds left but mm-hmm. we were able to trap and yeah. like we are like, we'll foul if it gets out and we didn't and we told the ref we're not trying to foul. Yeah. And you have that, and so, but I remember like I had a game. I think it was pretty bizarre. We, I think we said we're going to foul here, and then like, might have been Mike Allen was like, "You can't tell me that." And then we like laughed, and we're like, "But you know we're going to foul." And he's like, "Yeah, but you can't like you." And it was just like, "Oh my god, this is so stupid!" Like, yeah, you know. So it's just like, there's got to be a common sense approach to that. Surely, everyone in the building knows on occasion that you're trying to foul. If I'm down by four points and six seconds left, yeah, of course you're fouling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is bizarre, mate. Let's get into some of the fan questions because they came through thick and fast, and the ones that we don't get to, we'll certainly endeavour to get to in future weeks. Sure. Um, The first ones from one of our favourites here, our old friend Adam Westerhout. Just how close is Greg to signing with Melbourne or Sydney this season? Can you shed some light on that? Yeah, had discussions Um, with both of those clubs. Yeah, both of them. Very preliminary with with Melbourne. Yeah. They've obviously they had asked me. It was actually after a three-on-three tournament, so like they sort of just like, oh, are you interested in playing? And and that's where it went. Um, And 
to yeah, I'll be open. Dean just sort of was like, well, I'm not going to waste your time. So if there's no role that we think is going to be, you know, that you're going to enjoy, no point. And that was it. And Sydney progressed in terms of their interests. Like they were quite heavy. But yeah, for me, there's obviously so many different matters. Like there's a reason why I retired. Yeah. Like it wasn't too, because I like wanted to get out of the Wildcats or say, hey, like, let me go. Like I had my choice if I wanted to continue playing or not. Um, obviously it was... Yeah, there's those question marks, oh, I can still play, and I was still playing at the time, so I thought there was a bit of me, but, like, sentimentally, obviously, like, I'm a one-club guy, so I love the Wildcats, so I'm not going to just go, yep, see you later. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, down that pathway, like, going, yeah, was it was there, uh, was it a realistic option? I don't really think so. Uh, but they definitely were pretty heavy on trying to recruit me, and... Um, now I think they're like, yeah, sweet, we made, made the right choice. But um, yeah, can say there was discussions, yeah, but nothing okay. like too crazy. Let me give you a hypothetical mm. without notice. So you'd announced last season, yeah. before the playoffs started, yeah. you decided to yeah. you announce that you were retiring at the end of the season. Would that have changed in terms of considering other yeah. options for this season? If you guys hadn't won the title, doomsday scenario, if you hadn't made the playoffs, oh yeah, would that have maybe changed your mind in terms yeah, of I hunger? So. Because the way that you went out was just fairy tale. Yeah. Obviously, winning the title would it maybe have changed your mind just a fraction if you hadn't? I think so. Like, and I think even like the whole scope. Like by the end of it, even though I had a, like a great grand final series and had an impact, like I think my role was like sort of to the point where I, that's the, a, a reason of why I'm retiring as well I was like yeah I could play this similar role for the next three or four years or like while well, my body's healthy and, and, and it is but got to the point where it's like I wanted more in my life like I didn't want to be doing the amount of work that I was doing only to, to play you know uh, six to eight minutes like and so um, yeah, it would be different like if I was uh, playing 17 to 20 you know and doing all that sort of stuff and really really con- contributing and yeah and if we had a poor performance at the end then I'd be like well I've got still like stuff to, to prove yeah, for, yeah where I was like even now I like laugh and I'm like I won four NBL championships like that's crazy <laughs> like played 236 games yeah. for, a, for a club um, and was vice captain and all that sort of stuff like yeah, you know, like it's obviously there and gone, and you, it's still it's relatively new. But when you look back at it, you're like, yeah, that's just nuts. Like that, I was able to, to do that. So I don't go now and go, oh, I wish, you know, like. And I think that some people still go, oh, I've got unfinished business. So I want to prove. It. I, I really don't actually have anything to prove to myself or yeah. that. Like some people, and I, I would know that. Like, yeah, if, if we had finished, I'd been like, oh, I wish I could have one more seat, especially when teams struggle. I can be in completely honest and say, like, when preseason started, like, I had no itch. Like, I was just like, yeah. The only time I felt uh, my emotions, like, sort of getting better of me was the tip of, of the NBL season. Okay. Because I, like, I ignored it. And it was only until, like, in the morning, my wife gave me a hug and she just said, you know, it's okay to feel crap. And I was like, what? And she's like, it's okay to to miss it you know and I was like nah and I didn't think about it and I was literally in the office and I was like far out this is not this is a fun time you know like the season about to start all the work that you've done in the off season pre-season yep. it culminates to yep. what it is now and obviously yeah and then even obviously missing a few games and then getting to the first Wildcat games was such a bizarre feeling that I hated because um, I think the circumstances like they they got pumped and like and for a moment there I was like I know what they're missing like I just wanted to get in there like I literally I, I was conducting a, a uh, 
court interview and I was that close to just like, re- like I told uh, I was ha- having a, a, a few beers but, so I can't exactly remember what I was saying to Josh uh, strength coach but I basically was telling him to tell I think at that time like Reese or Mitch Norton to, to do something like to relay the message Okay. and I was like this is wrong I can't be doing this like I'm not part of the team I don't know what it is like and so I was like actually don't even tell, tell him to tell that like because like Mitch or Reese would have been like Mate, you're retired. Like, Especially after a few years, yeah. you might have been so, like, no, tell, like, tell po- Drake you, you that he needs <laughs> to. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah like, and it, it was a positive thing. Like, I wasn't. I was just like, say, what I had, I was uh, yeah, observing yeah, yeah, from yeah. Uh, from the grandstand. So, um, yeah, that was the only real time I've like sort of missed it. Okay. Um, and then since then, like, I've been fine. And maybe because I've been so busy and doing other stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. don't go. Oh, I wish I could still play. Okay. Yeah, that definitely helps being busy. Yeah. Um, this question from Chantel Tom: What does Greg think about the idea of clubs being transparent with their salaries? Certain clubs seem to be miles over. Also, Greg's opinion on the transparency of payment of luxury taxes and how the dollars are distributed by the NBL, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't mind the transparency and like saying what's the total spend of the club, but I'll give an insight, and I can because now I'm done with the player, like I'm with the player association. Every single of those eight clubs last year spent the salary cap for a floor. So what I'm saying is the salary cap was 1.3 or whatever mm-hmm. it is now. Yep. You have to spend 90% of that. That's that's law or like rules of the league. Um Every single club spent that. So it wasn't like, you know, clubs weren't spending their salary and saying like, so I always like laugh when they're like, oh, big spend. Yeah, there's no doubt Sydney is spending more and Melbourne is spending more and I'm sure the Wildcats are spending yes, more. But it's a requirement to spend. Yeah, you're still spending it. So at a time, they're still doing that. Like, um, So in terms of the luxury tax, like they can, that is being distributed amongst the clubs. Like that is, that I can... Tell you as a fact, as a player association delegate, that was being done. Now it gets spent on a, a number of different ways. Like it's got to pay superannuation for guys, all this sort of stuff. So we make sure clubs don't go under. But I can also tell you, there's a, a really good manipulation method of the salary cap. And what I tell you this, it's not just as simple as Casper wears on a million dollars, Bogut's on a million dollars, Kevin Lish is on six hundred thousand. It's per game payment. So if a if a player is here from uh, comes in on September 30th uh, or October 1st, that's that's the first payment. And if he leaves on March, that's the salary cap. Now, if he misses a game, you can remove that uh, game payment, like what he gets paid, like if, if it's an import, mm-hmm. from your salary cap. It doesn't get paid. So, like, in the end, which might be... $2.2 million in getting spent, if there's like injuries throughout the season and all that sort of stuff, it's only 1.8 mil, you yeah, know? And so okay. from that salary luxury tax and that first spend, like it doesn't, it's not actually that much. And so like that's why years ago when Sydney had Steve Blake, that's why they got rid of him because if they kept him, their luxury tax would have been through the roof. So they were like, well, we're not, no chance here. Let's remove him and yeah, we don't have to pay luxury tax. So like that's the thing. Like I understand the transparency and all that. Yeah, there's there's um, spending, but I can, I can put it on record that teams are spending the salary cap and going more. And I'm pretty sure maybe five of the teams... I'm pretty sure five of the teams exceeded the salary cap as well. So that's your big spending teams. And then obviously, and yes, yeah, so I'd imagine Adelaide, Illawarra, and Cairns. 
uh, are spending. Mm. But they, but they're not even the floor. That was they're still spending the salary. It wasn't yes. like they were at the ninety percent. So they weren't. Or we're on one point one. And then there's the argument. Like if you're looking at that, and it's like the AFL. Like you need to then look at what's the resources being spent. You know, like from support staff to whatever. Like. Because as a as a club, right, we have the luxury. Like we get paid lunch, you know. We sorry, we get lunch paid for paid for or massaged, you know, like therapy, all that sort of stuff. So there's so many more things than just here. There's X amount of dollars mm. for this player. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But I would I would like to 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 say that. But does it dispute the championship? Like as a Wildcats fan. You know, we've won a lot of championships. If they had released every single salary and we're like, oh, well, Wildcats spent 2.1 and Melbourne spent 2.15, um, does that go, oh, well, oh, and we lost that? Oh, no, because Melbourne spent one. No, like, it's strategic, you know, like, mm. I, I think the one thing I would never encourage is the display, the display of uh, players' actual salaries. And when that was discussed many years ago, we, as a player association, I was heavily involved saying, no, like, that can't be put on. Just the way social media is and all that sort of stuff, you can change. Like, yep. someone could play, earn themselves contract good on them. That's, yeah, and I think yeah. we're not at a point. You, you do see that used as a battering ram for NBA players. Oh, for sure. If they're and, playing well or just playing at a level not, well below their pay grade. I remember when that discussion came out, they were like, oh, it gets done in NRL and AFL. And I was like, there's actually no official. It's just reported they say reported yeah. like yeah, 10 yeah, mil and it's only that try yeah. and guess who the million dollar yeah, guys exa- and you just know but and saying that too oh if I get paid a million dollars I'm happy for you to criticise me yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> but if I get paid 60,000 <laughs> uh, and I'm driving a Nissan Pulsar <laughs> I don't want you knowing about it yes <laughs> That's fair enough. This one from Vincent Martin. Can you ask Greg Hire? Are we? Oh, geez, this is controversial territory. Can you ask Greg uh, Hire? Are yeah. we about to witness the decline of champ Damian Martin in 2019-20? His game has slipped to quote average. Is too much reliance slash pressure based uh, placed on Bryce Cotton? Let me go first here. Yeah. Damo's 35. Yeah. The only, the only figure in the history of sports that's undefeated is Father Time. So Damo's not going to be going forever. He's 35. What I will say is I think they're using him quite smartly. Yeah. He's only averaging 23 minutes per game now. Um, obviously in tandem with Mitch Norton yeah, coming yeah, off the bench. Yeah. You need to make sure that he's peachy clean for the... Or peachy... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? Peachy fresh? Peachy something. Is it peachy cane? <laughs> I might have just used the wrong expression. But you need to make sure that he's firing come February and March yeah. is my point with Damo. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Look, I wouldn't I, be too worried about him And I look point. at there. I, do I think he's playing average? No. no look, his numbers, I looked. I was like, across the board, they're a little bit down. It's but the scoring. But he's never been a no, numbers guy. I know. Guy. It's his this impact. Is, I feel uh, like I agree. we're going and, a decade on this. And it's this the is, little mate, deflections and the I pressure. And, and it's the, his leadership and all that sort of stuff. And, and it's a reason why they lose to Brisbane, but they win in, in, in New Zealand. It's because of, of a guy like that. Yeah, right? yeah. And you look across, I looked at it, and there was little, like, rebounds was 0.3, and steals was still there, and, average, and assist. Um, his minutes are lower, so yeah, then you can count that. The thing is, yes, his shooting percentage is lower. He makes a couple more threes and all that. His averages jump back up and it's not like that big. It's compounded that they've lost three games, so then you look at it and you go, oh, there's a guy that's averaging three points, which is Damo. But you look across the board, would everyone say Nick Kay is having a great season? 
I would say, yeah, he's been more likely their second best player. Mm-hmm. His numbers are lower than last year, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so, and country and actually that, they play, they're about, they played four games on the road. Like, get back at home, like averages, like, I don't know the stats, I've never been that thing, but points for and against, like, they go up. Like, certainly do. They will, over time, like, go back up. Now, if Dame, like if you asked him, and yeah, I'm sure he would want to shoot more, better. Like there's no doubt about that. But I think the issue is if, yeah, like over weeks and weeks and weeks, we start seeing opposition guards or guys he's guarding or team defense is struggling. Because not even that, like he, he can't always worry about, oh, well, I'm guarding Didi Lazardi here at 28. No, it's, it's, a, it's an overall team defense. And if that escalates and that gets worse well mm-hmm. then yeah okay that's when I see Damo is maybe on the decline because that's what he takes care of but right now from offensive I've never judged him on that and I still think like he's still he, Melbourne when they won a massive three at the end, uh, in the fourth quarter um, had a few floaters against New Zealand that's him like no one's ever thought that yeah you see because he has this like odd scoring explosion and he does all that sort of stuff but he could have two Pardon me, he has two 12 point games and his averages lift to what he was averaging yeah, last yeah, year. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah, we're, so I feel like we're really, there's a real double standard here with guys like Damo, who is, well, is he the greatest defensive player the league's ever seen? He yeah, probably yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, who doesn't quite have you know as much offense as some of the other for guys. Sure. Compared to some of the oh. offensive dynamos who are matadors on defense, and that doesn't get talked and about that's what's the fact gonna... that they're an absolute sieve defensively, no doubt. And that's what's <laughs> going to happen. Like it's going to be the most uh, unique situation that's been presented is when he retires. What direction does the club yeah, going? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, and I've like I think Mitch Norton's the heir apparent to, to Damo, but is a coach going to be? Uh, will they be balls enough to to trust? Like, okay, where... Because every single, generally, across the league, the import's a point guard, right? The po- so point guard's an import. Mm. Damo has, like, the one Aussie that's been consistent and you yep. rely on, like, oh, we don't need to get this dynamo um, point guard and, like, hence why you can have Bryce. But yeah, what happens, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, that that can completely change the whole structure of what the Wildcats are built around, you know? Yes. So, yeah, and look, I'm... Yeah, no issue at all. And, to, like, in his body, yeah. No, there's no doubt he's got niggling injuries. They've just been on the road. This is the worst timing in the world yeah. um, for them. Like, you travel, like, it's the worst. But in terms of him being Nick, like, this is the lightest... I just was uh, at the stadium today... Um, and he's like the lightest he's ever been like the the work I actually told him to eat something because he's I think he's like 87 and that's a guy that used to always play around 90 yep. so he's around 87.6 I think he was saying then so like he's still in, in impeccable shape and yep. Nick and going going upstairs and downstairs at all the home opens that he's uh, <laughs> that's the issue on. yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the issue he's Damo's going to be just fine we don't need to worry about Damo last question from yeah. Nick our good friend Nick Tan when are we going to see Greg swinging from the rafters at RAC Arena a now, for the this Perth is a throwback <laughs> to our <laughs> yeah. idea from the end of last year if we had the resources we would have played it like yeah like, yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah if we were a good pod- podcast <laughs> we'd be like this is what we said bang yeah. and then it'd go to it but we don't yeah, yeah. we're not going to do that um, Nick Tan the founder and CEO of uh, the Perth Band 
Bandits. Perth Bandits. See, that's another off-season story <laughs> oh that just my God. went we'll bananas. We'll go back to that next we'll, week. We'll hit I'll that actually got a surprise point. for you next week. Oh, do so, you? Yeah, you got it. some Perth Bandits merch, don't you? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just ruined the surprise. Um, yeah, this is what we wanted to see. Greg coming in yeah. with the championship trophy, uh, Wilbur style. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I know. Um, and I'm still waiting. Like, I'm hoping. It could still happen at some yeah. point. I mean, this is it's building up. Like, if they lose a couple of games, they like uh, attendance rates are a bit lower. They say, well, how do we need to spark it up a little bit? Oh, return of a, of a vice <laughs> captain hanging from the rafters, doing swinging from the rafters. So, um, yeah, no, I'll be. I, I'm all for it, and I don't, I can't be more uh, to the point when yep. I've seen Wade yep. or Troy. Okay. <laughs> Saying, mate, I don't really care. Like, I know I'm not getting more banner. Like, my jersey retired, and if you do, you, you guys are idiots. <laughs> Retire Sean Redditches like ASAP. We, we, we need to get Redditches yeah. up there. But, yeah, that's something we need to do. But in essence, if there's one thing I can have in my life as I move on um, to the Sydney Kings, <laughs> not really. But if I move on, let me have that moment. And it's courtesy of a fan that was listening on the show, so I appreciate that. So if they want to start a Hashtag campaign. Go, go fund me page. Yeah, go fund me. Don't need to do that. Yeah, no, because oh, it's like it? a, it's like a change dot org kind, yes, of, the change, kind of thing. Change dot org would be like yes. really good. Yeah. Yes. Um, More swinging Greg Hire at Perth Wildcats yeah, game. good. Mate, let's do our crystal ball before yep. we get out of here. Yep. So for those listening for the first time, we just make a prediction about yep. something that's going to happen in the next week. Mine is Tariko White a double digit first half against yes. Adelaide on Friday night. So Tariko quiet, very quiet yep. by his yep. standards yep. against yep. Sydney. Uh, Adelaide normally like to play at that up-tempo track meet kind of style. It should be a high-scoring game there in Adelaide. Tariko, very proud player, big game player. Look for him to have a really strong start against the Sixers. What and do you got? I'm going to go, yeah, I think they're going to come back. They've been at home for a little bit, um, and so I reckon they'll beat Adelaide in double figures. Um, wow, I think, the pounding. Yes, okay. and I think you'll have four guys, or three guys in, no, three two guys in double digit rebounds because I think that's been the the weakness of the club so far but I reckon there'll be a, a huge emphasis on, on the board so I think yeah hopefully Dario and, and uh, Majok uh, yep. feast there but I think a guy like Reese Vague as well maybe he's had a few big games against Adelaide too so. that'd be nice nice to see Reese. I reckon yeah two, two, uh, two guys but I reckon they'll win double figures okay. in the will, this week will there be a little bit of niggle between Perth and Adelaide, oh. will there be a little bit of uh, Mate, the there's, way? There's usually oh, something it's, it's build up right there's now. There's usually too, some sort of bubbling. The way Adelaide is as well, like they, I don't think they would have been too happy against Melbourne. Yeah, um, and the person out like you're at this little point of the season too. Like uh, you're gonna, yeah, you like as you said, like I think Sydney have obviously separated themselves. themselves. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then I think you've got Melbourne and Perth, but Adelaide are that fourth team, and I reckon that's. That's going to be the thing, and mm. Kevin White, um, like going in there, I think he's going to be yeah go. But Jack McVeigh, uh, Jack oh, McVeigh oh, doesn't mind throwing his weight around. He uh, the energy Anthony buzz is oh, actually yeah, Drimmick is definitely frolling. Frolling uh, doesn't mind throwing oh, it my around. My mate yeah. frolling. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's definitely, and I think at home, 
um, if they lost a few games I think Adelaide would lose four in the trot if they lose this yeah. one so I think they're going to be up and about. as well so yeah. so um, <laughs> mate, yeah, that's, that's going to be big yeah. that's a big game Friday yeah. night yeah it'll be huge that'll be exciting Greg we'll let you get out of thanks, here thanks mate. heaps for returning Appreciate and we'll uh, see you again next week to our listeners stay tuned to the westaustralian.com.au for all your basketball news and we'll chat to you next time the dribble podcast is brought to you by Perth now your home sporting action from home and abroad.